Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 4, titled Play With Friends. Okay, bunch of stuff going on in this episode. Lots to talk about here, mainly in regards to Mutiny post the vast majority of their network getting effed over because of Gordon's sheer stupidity. (laughs) So, at the start of this episode... Uh, They've gotten everything stabilized, their network is no longer under attack, Uh, what's left is totally fine, what's left is all good. However, after the dust has settled, Mutiny is now in a state where they are bleeding subscribers... And are operating about at about a third of their previous network capacity. In other words, they're spending a hell of a lot more money than they're making. Which is something we in the industry like to refer to as not freaking good. That is the opposite of what what you want to happen. Like, literally, the polar goddamn opposite. It could You could not get further away from where you want to be as a company if you're spending more money than you're making. So. Opening sequence of this episode. Literally the opening minutes of the show. Cameron and Donna have to stand up in front of their entire staff and say, So, we don't really have the money to pay you right now? Sorry. But if you stay on, we'll give you shares in the company, which in the long run will be worth a lot more. And this keeps most of them on. This keeps most of the staff working at Mutiny because they actually believe in it. But a few people are like, yeah, screw this. I can't stay around for this empty promise of shares that'll be worth something. And these people include Yo-Yo. Ugh, Yo-Yo. Why? So Yo-Yo, a.k.a. the best of the mutiny coders, has left and said, Yeah, I don't think these will be worth anything. Uh, I don't think mutiny is going to stay around much longer. Uh, Good luck, assholes. Bye. And that takes place. That 
absolute gut punch of mutinies in such a terrible state. We can't pay our employees and one of the best of us is leaving because he doesn't think this company is going to succeed. That all takes place before the opening title sequence. That's the cold open. So yeah, coming out swinging, to say the least. <laughs> so... Now that we know who's on board and who's gone, uh, now Boz, who, by the way, is actually staying on 100%, uh, is working on repairing Mutiny's image. So he's like, okay, uh, you gotta take, like, this ad, you gotta deal with this whole thing, change the narrative... Uh, take a photo and put that out in an ad. Two words, we're hiring. Make it look like we're stable, all that. And he also hatches as a plan to go door to door and get subscribers back. And he highlights ten names. Uh, the whales of mutiny. Which, by the way, whales is an industry term that basically means the people sinking in the most money, and spending the most time on a service. That's actually a pretty standard term. It's used a lot in, like, mobile gaming now. That's where it's most commonly seen uh, for people who are just sinking in a shit ton of microtransactions. But back in the 80s, microtransactions were not a thing. So it's basically just people who are spending the most time on the network, sinking the most in, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Boz goes door-to-door -door with those people, brings them back in first, and basically uses this as a domino effect. And there's actually a really, really great scene where Boz goes to this one house and finds, like, this teenager who just sinks so much into mutiny. And his mother was like, oh, I canceled that subscription. He, she doesn't talk like that, but this is how I'm going to make her sound. Oh, I canceled that subscription because he was spending all hours of the day playing that stupid game. And not having anyone over from school. He's being very antisocial. And Boz is like, well, uh... He's talk Like, mutiny, like, allows you to talk to people online. And the kid's like, yeah, I've talked to, like, 30 people. And typed messages to them all the time. So I am interacting with people. You're just not seeing it. And Boz makes like a great sales pitch of like mutiny is this generation's church. It's like their sense of community. Which by the way, there is no more effective sales pitch to like middle-aged to elderly people than saying, oh, it's their church. Like, pretty much everyone past Gen X 
Like, you can just say, it's their church, it's their church, it's their church. Like, back in the 80s, I could not imagine, like, a better sales pitch. And Boz knows this. And he gets them back in, and he keeps doing this over and over and over and over again, uh, until all the whales, like the ten names he highlighted, are back in. While this is happening, oh, also they take a group photo, and that's going to be the ad, and whoop-de-doo, that's a whole thing. While this is happening, uh, community's exploding. Somehow. They got like 18 rooms at this point. Uh, and they're pretty fast approaching 30. And so... Donna's like, hey, we need to sink more resources into community. Uh, Cameron, though... Not thinking along the same terms. Because she's like, okay, there's certain things that we can cut. And community's one of them. It's a quote-unquote security risk. And Donna's like, no, 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 you can't cut community. You can't cut it. You can't cut it. And at one point, they get into this massive argument where Donna's like, hey, so... Are you cutting this because you don't think it's a good idea, or are you cutting this because it's not yours? And she's like, hey, actually, you haven't even tried community. Maybe maybe put some time and figure out community before you cut it. So Cameron does that and has a conversation with Tom. And the conversation goes to Gordon and how much of a piece of shit he is. And at one point, Cameron sends a message to Tom about how Gordon is just the guy Donna had two kids with and now she's trapped. That ends up going to everyone. And Donna sees that and is... Rightfully pissed. So. Cameron and Donna are not particularly on good terms at the moment. Uh, They have another big argument where Cameron tries to apologize. And Donna is like, hey, don't you ever, like, talk about my husband behind my back. And don't you ever bring up my kids like just going into aggro mom state and after this Cameron decides you know what I'm gonna leave community open why not uh she's kind of starting to see Donna's point of view also Cameron comes up with a new game uh she has an idea early on in the episode to do like a shooter a first-person shooter, and try to make that work. Because remember, this is the 80s. First-person shooters were not exactly... were not exactly as commonplace as they are now. And at one point in downtime, like, Cameron's kind of struggling to figure out how to make this work. And... Then, like, a whole Nerf war happens in the office, and Cameron participates in that to blow off some steam she ends up in a closet with tom which by the way 
Uh, relationship between Cameron and Tom blossoming. They like they have some moments. They kiss at one point. It's a whole thing. I don't think. I don't think he can appreciate her the way I could. <laughs> I respect Mackenzie Davis professionally. She is a great actress. <laughs> this creepiness is a joke. Please do not me to me. <laughs> uh, the obligatory being creepy towards Mackenzie Davis. The staple of the Halt and Catch Fire television archive discussion. Anyway... Uh, now that I've dug myself into that hole, uh, and that's, that's what she said. Not helping me! <laughs> Not helping my case here. Anyway, as I was saying, she ends up in a closet with Tom, and she has this epiphany of like, Hey, we could do this! We could have... Players compete online, and we can, like, have them shoot each other, because who doesn't want to shoot their friends? And it's this big, like, epiphany. Everything clicks. This is Cameron's big new idea moment. So Mutiny, slowly recovering themselves, slowly digging themselves out of this hole. Uh, As this happens, uh, Joe is working on a thing. Joe is working on updating this mainframe. Uh, he originally pitches to someone above him. Not the father-in-law, but someone else who recognizes that Joe is Jacob Wheeler's future son-in-law. And he pitches this idea of like, uh, let's get this mainframe to go at full capacity. Let's put this into the information age. Let's let's help this to run better and run more efficiently and make this an income-generating part of the business. Uh, the higher-ups don't really see his vision. It's just words to them, and they don't really understand. So Joe decides to do this in secret. Joe decides to get this running in secret. And he enlists Gordon to help him. And they do this in the night. Uh, Gordon initially is like, no, 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 no. And then he realizes he can help Mutiny with this by giving them, by giving them server space. And then he's like, okay. We can do that, but only if Mutiny is your first client. That is the only condition. Well, actually, there are a few, like, working conditions, but that's the biggest condition. And then Gordon finds out this is being done in secret, and is like, what the hell, man? Why? But they still do it anyway. Uh, They're having a good time. They're chatting it up as Gordon gets this set. Joe get goes to get Gordon a Coke, and Gordon falls to the ground and passes out. And then gets up before Joe comes back, 
and Joe's like, hey, uh, you don't, you don't look too good. And Gordon's like, eh, I'm fine. So they get this up. Uh, they get Mutiny more network space. And essentially, it's uh, at like $3 an hour, which is a deal. So Gordon partially making up for his own screw-up here. And then we lead to our ending, where he's telling Donna about this through the bathroom door. And in the bathroom, Donna is sitting with a pregnancy test. Donna is pregnant again. That's a thing that's happening. She's she's pregnant. She got the test. It appears to be positive. So that's a thing. Cool. Episode over. <laughs> that's a bit of a mic drop. Suffice it to say. So yeah, that's a thing. And that's the episode done. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Today is Double Archive Tuesday, which means later today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 5. Talk to you then.